0: Hi everyone and welcome back to the Team On Tours Real Football Stories Thankfully we've made it to episode 2 Although I guess that was always going to happen since I recorded episode 2 before episode 1 went out Anyway this is just a quick message before we get going To say a massive thank you to all of you who got involved with the debut episode of the podcast in one way or another It's done way better than I expected and you were just far too kind with all your comments So I hope you enjoy episode 2 just as much, here we go Right, so I started off with an Essex boy last week, and by complete coincidence, uh, I've got another one today. So this is back to back Essex. Essex taking over the world. Everywhere. Only is Essex. So <laughs> you must be so tired of people saying that. So uh, tired, yeah. I was going to say a friend of the podcast, but I feel as if I feel as if that's the, the kind of thing people say in podcasts <laughs> these days. But I don't think this podcast has any friends quite yet. Uh, but I'd like yeah. to think it will become become a friend Definitely. of the podcast, Mr. Sam Leverage. Uh, so, sports writer in particular, football writer extraordinaire. Uh, you might have read in Marca in English, 442 Total dot com, and most recently, uh, you will have heard his dulcet tones on La Liga Lowdown. Uh, have I missed missed anything important?
1: No, they're the, they're the important ones.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it turns out that the road between Essex and Madrid is actually quite a well-trodden one. Yeah. Uh, that I didn't uh, I didn't realise. Uh, I know you're a, a South end United fan, is there anything you would like to mention about South End United at the moment?
1: Absolutely nothing. It was so <laughs> bad with our five points in the league out of the FA Cup. But Sol Campbell's come in, so we'll see what happens there. But
0: okay, right, well, I'm
1: expecting relegation and then maybe another one. and another Okay, two. okay, well, but we'll don't,
0: don't worry, I won't dwell on it too much. Uh, so we're going to speak uh, mostly today about, about Spanish football. Uh, yeah. As I said, we're obviously in Madrid, uh, but I know that you have not always lived in Madrid and Spain. You've been you've been around, haven't you?
1: Yeah, well, I started off in, in Alicante. I was there for about six months, and then I went to Barcelona. I was there a bit longer. Headed back to the UK after Barcelona, and then came back out to Madrid after that. So I've been here now a year and a half, two years, so mm. yeah. okay. a
0: while now. Uh, what made you decide to, to come to Spain in the first place? Do you remember?
1: I think Spain. It started off when I was learning Spanish at school. When I went, I had to choose a language. And okay. It was when Spain were just getting really good at football, and Fernando Torres, David Villa, and were just starting off, they were the young stars, I was like, well, if I can't do Italian, which is what I wanted to do just after the World Cup, (laughs) that they won in 2006, I was like, right, I'll do do Italian, no, you can't do that, All right, Spanish then, that's the next best, so.
0: It's funny, I always thought I would end up in Italy more than in Spain, because I was part of the Football Italia generation. Yeah. Uh, and you know, love pizza, love pasta. Yeah. So I always, always imagined being in Italy. Or other well, Spain. I
1: started off with Spanish when they were just starting to have a decent team and they weren't that good, but they were all right. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Kind of as I was learning Spanish, it was when Barcelona were at their peak and that kind of thing. So it was all right. I had to stick with Spanish. I have to go to live in Barcelona. I have to go and live in Spain and, and watch Messi play every week. And Everything kind of fitted in, yeah, right? Yeah, so it's all kind of just come together in that way.
0: How uh, How long did you spend in Barcelona?
1: It was about eight, nine months, I think, in total, yeah.
0: Okay, right. Uh, I have to ask, have you got a preference between Barcelona and Madrid? It's the age-old question in Spain.
1: And I always have the, like, get-out answer. Okay, okay. to go away for a weekend, to go for a touristy trip, Barcelona, to live and stay there for years, Madrid. So, I think Barcelona is an amazing city. Very international, low strategically diverse. And Madrid is a lot more... Spanish a lot more authentic a lot hmm. more relaxed long term I know that when I was in Barcelona everybody seemed to be there for one year and and then heading somewhere else
0: I feel like you hear you hear a lot more English in Barcelona as well don't yeah. you just in the streets walking around I think around. In Barcelona
1: as well yeah you kind of have that because of the international aspect there's a lot more English there's a lot more mixed cultures mixed backgrounds whereas in Madrid it's very spanish
0: and <laughs> okay more traditional, I, think, yeah. I think i think that's a pretty good answer considering we're in madrid yeah, and, and, and people might be uh overhearing our, our conversation yeah. so just in case they, they understand i, I think well, that's, yeah. that's a fair a fair <laughs> answer uh, right this is as you said this is your your second season living in madrid and i think yeah. anyone who listens to this podcast will agree that the the real way to measure time is in football seasons always um, yeah. What what would you say is a, a typical w- weekend for you from a, a football point of view
1: Oof, a typical weekend. Well, is, that, is there such a thing? I have my Atleti season ticket, so I'm at the Metropolitano whenever okay. I can be, and then around that, um, whatever fits in, whether that's Leganes, Etafe, Real Madrid, or some unheard of team in Segunda B. Or I'm still not quite as good as you at finding all the fourth, fifth tier teams, but I'll get there one day and <laughs> ticking off all the stadiums on the map. But. But yeah, just as much football as possible,
0: effectively. So Atleti, Atleti and whatever else you can, uh, yeah, you can Atleti, do. and then whatever fits in around that. I've got, I've got, I've got to ask, how are you finding Atleti this year? Is it's about, a
1: transition year. Yeah, it? right. I mean, they're not doing amazing, but equally they're not doing badly. So I think if you'd offered this in November, when when it first started off the season, and when we lost Griezmann and. And those kinds of deals and the whole new defence that came in, I probably would have taken, yeah, around third in the table, not doing too badly.
0: Yeah, I think it's a a tough year, I think. It's a tough year, I think, to have a transition year,
1: isn't it? Yeah. Um, Simeone's coming for some stick as well, which I don't think is fair. And then there's Koke who's coming for stick as well, which is harsh because, I mean, they're the two that kind of keep it all together and... Exactly. And everybody I knows the, the heart of the role isn't the one to to score all the goals and everything. He's the one who does the running and the, the hard
0: work. So, so the heart of the club, isn't he? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's. Kind of the thing that will come together and come the end of the season it might be a bit better than it is now. But. Well
0: I hope so cause it's, it's just a bit of a shame because it's the kind of year where you know Barcelona are maybe not at the same level as That's before, nobody's quite Real there. Madrid aren't quite like, there either. The
1: Premier League that year, the Leicester won it when nobody's yeah, quite there exactly. and you're just waiting for that one team to kind of take the step up. And yeah it's a
0: little bit frustrating, I think the other teams aren't quite ready to, to do it yeah, yet. You know, in Madrid have
1: had their crisis earlier on. now they're recovering. Barcelona just seems to be in constant crisis, and Atleti in the transition. Valencia can't go five minutes without a crisis. Ah,
0: that's it. It's just a year to it's a year to make that, that step up, yeah. uh, nobody's quite quite able to do it. Um, right, going back to your, your interests in, in Spanish football, your initial interest in Spanish yeah. football. Uh, do you remember when you, you started becoming interested in Spanish football?
1: Yeah, I mean, my first, I remember all. Of, I'm a Liverpool fan as well, so kind of that era of Rafa Benitez and being like. Valencia, who are they, and seeing that, and then seeing him bring all those Javier Alonso, Luis Garcia, Peperenas to, to Anfield, like, oh, maybe Spanish football isn't so bad after all, and then I was learning Spanish, just as that kind of piqued my interest, and then I had a Spanish teacher at school who was a crazy Barcelona fan, so it was like, we have to watch Barcelona now, because so, that's all he okay. talks about in the lessons, and, and it's just kind of built from there. Yeah. Okay,
0: you're making you're making me feel really old because I I remember I always remember for me it was like the the first season or the only season when Ronaldo the uh, original Ronaldo we'll yeah. call him was playing for Barcelona uh, which I think was 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 well before Rafa Benitez's time yeah, in uh, Liverpool. I mean, so my
1: first I say my first memory of Spanish football was a Christmas asking my grandparents for the Real Madrid shirt because I wanted the Beckham Real Madrid shirt. I don't ah know yeah, why. I was a, I'm a Liverpool fan. I wanted the Beckham Real Madrid shirt. I don't understand <laughs> it, but. At the time, it was the coolest present ever. (laughs) That's it, the power
0: power of David Beckham's marketing. uh, So then
1: obviously I developed a love for Barcelona. (laughs)
0: Obviously, yeah. Um, How did you you get into writing about Spanish football?
1: About Spanish football? I think it was just kind of a a coincidence, really. I mean, I started off doing lots of writing about football, about the Premier League, about South End United, and, and doing a lot of football writing. And then, I don't even know, one day it just kind of clicked in my head. I watch a lot of Spanish football. I love Spanish football. I speak Spanish. Yeah. Why do I not right write about Spanish football? And then kind of putting the feelers out there, speaking to a few people. I knew new people who new people. And, mm. and that kind of led to, to the marker job and then other areas kind of focusing more on Spanish football for, for other websites that I was working for. And I just kind of went from there. It wasn't really a, an overnight thing or anything like that. It was a gradual... Why have I not done this sooner? Kind of process. Yeah.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned uh, you mentioned marker there, and yeah. obviously back home in the UK uh, we don't have really anything comparable. Yeah, I think with marker, when which think is think quite strange. Yeah, because yeah, you could think about how football how crazy football people crazy are. Everyone is. Yeah. Um, it's something that I do. Don't, I don't know if you ever thought about. It. I don't think it's something that you think yeah, would work no, back no, when at when home. you go or past
1: or the newspaper stands here and you see like the four different sports newspapers that are out, and you think, how is there not a market for at least one in the UK?
0: You would think so, uh, for At sure.
1: The, the daily newspapers do such a good job covering things, and so much online nowadays that who goes out and buys a new newspaper now? That
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, how how big is the market brand? Because I know obviously, you know, I've been living here for a long time. People yeah. who live here will be familiar with it, but maybe people who who haven't been and might not really realise just exactly how big market is. Obviously, you know, we've, yeah, we've no, I know mean, some it's other newspapers as well
1: because I mean, I obviously knew about Mark or I'd heard of it. I recognised it, even if it's just from like the BBC Sport gossip columns or whatever that you recognise yeah. Mark that Spanish one they talk. About. But then, since I started working with them and things and seeing kind of their presence in in South America, in North America as well, that it's a lot better known than I thought it was. And so it's kind of a brand that I knew of from BBC Sport gossip columns, from seeing the adverts and the stadiums, watching the games. But but being out here in Spain, it's kind of the sports newspaper to to read. So.
0: I I just just uh, making a reference back to the uh, the football Italia again. I know we're speaking about Spanish football, but I always remember this. You know the the image of James Richardson sitting in his little Italian cafe reading the uh, Italian newspapers. I always wanted to be that guy in Spain. Yeah. Uh, to be that guy. I think everybody was, wanted to be that everybody guy. I everybody mean, wanted to be even that guy. from
1: that generation quite as much, but I wanted to be that guy. Yeah, right, exactly. And so I thought, oh, I
0: sit in, sitting in a little Spanish cafe, having yeah. my little pincho de tortilla. I have the same thing, but in Spanish,
1: but with Guillermo and, and all the guys in Rio yeah, yeah, de La Liga yeah, yeah. there with their tapas and sangria and things, which they never ate and were surely made of <laughs> exactly, plastic and yeah. cardboard. But.
0: I'm just yeah. devastated. People beat me beat me to it. It was the only, it was the only problem. So close. I know. What could, could, could have been. Um, now, you work mostly for Marca in English, I think. Is that, yeah. is that right? How extensive is Marca in English compared to Spanish? Because obviously, you know, we're in Spain, so the first yeah. language is Spanish. How extensive or how in-depth is Marca in English compared to in Spanish, would you say? I mean, in terms of the big
1: clubs, the Real Madrid's, the Barcelona's, the Atletico's, those kinds of things, it's, I'd say it's more or less the same. I mean, everything that they do about those clubs is is there in English. So for those, I'd say it's equal. And then obviously the smaller clubs, your Leganes, your eyebars it's not quite as in-depth, obviously. There's yeah. there's coverage of them. and I mean, in Spanish, obviously, each of them has their own correspondent who only focuses on that club, which in English isn't quite at that level yet. Who knows, maybe one day, but... Obviously, you have a lot of people going to the English website. who are only interested in Real Madrid, or only interested in Barcelona. So, I mean, obviously, it's kind of natural that there's going to be more focus on them, with a bit of focus on the other clubs. But and that's the kind of thing that everybody wants to see is more English language, whether that's marker or anywhere really. I
0: guess that's what sells, isn't it? That's what's yeah. what people are interested yeah, in. So I mean, it's kind of logical. About all these
1: kind of online platforms where it's all paper click for the adverts and things like that. So
0: yeah, no, no, for sure. Um, what kind of work do you do specifically with marker?
1: So with Marguerite, it's mostly writing, so that's like match reports or kind of translating, adapting things from the the Spanish language website and the newspaper and interviews, that kind of thing. So quite varied, yeah.
0: Do you enjoy doing the match reports?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's quite interesting, obviously. It depends on the game. Yeah. And you have to be quite careful when you're doing the, the big teams to not upset anybody. Oh, ah, really, yeah. yeah is, that, is, that, I mean, is that advice that you get, great. is that they tell you? No, not so much advice that you get, but just the social media reactions that you don't even think about. When ah, right, you okay. Something and then someone from America or someone from India then sends you a tweet like, I can't believe you said that Luis Suarez is Mr. Sitter. So, oh really but he did <laughs> no no he missed a chance <laughs> and the number of kind of tweets and things that you get and that you just don't think about when it's you're like innocuous inocu- innocuous things yeah uh, I mean I saw sure all the, the high profile writers the Sid Lowe's and things must get thousands of them for everything they write almost but yeah, finding that balance to not upset anybody, but cover oh, yeah. it accurately.
0: Is... Sid Lowe's got off his notification switched off on his <laughs> yeah, phone, I'll otherwise, does, is, uh, yeah. going <laughs> through the roof there. Yeah. Um, no, the reason I asked it was I, I spent a bit of time writing match reports, yeah. uh, which I absolutely hated doing. Um, but then again, I was doing about match, matches I had never watched. Yeah. Which uh, you know, it probably doesn't help. Um, oh, I've so. done a
1: few of those in my time, just quickly searching on Twitter for the videos of oh. the goals, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> looking yeah. at the match stats. so all this team had twelve shots compared to three for the other ones. <laughs>
0: it dominated the game. Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, right. I mentioned at the start in the introduction, I mentioned that you do some work with a, a website, TotalFootballAnalysis.com, dot com. Yeah. Um, which I think is mostly tactical analysis. Yeah. Isn't tactical it? Tactical
1: analysis. Yeah.
0: Now, um, I wanted to ask. Has technical analysis become more popular since you started out as a football writer, do you think?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, even three or four years ago, I can barely think of anything that was kind of tactical analysis. I mean, there are a few books that came out and things, Inversing the Pyramid and, and yeah. those kinds of books, but even three or four years ago, there weren't really like a match analysis pieces that really looked into things. So yeah. it's interesting to see how it's grown, how it is growing now, and and to see the depth that, that you can go into with all the stats, which are... So much easier to access now than they used to be, and I mean, when we're writing these pieces, and you log into the tools and things, and you see so much information, you know, so it's, it's amazing to how much there an is. This and I could write fifteen thousand words if I had the time <laughs> and yeah. I wanted to, but I, somehow nobody's yeah. going to read fifteen thousand words on leg in his Eyebar So let's try and find an alternative.
0: Yeah, then that's it. Would you say that in in the kind of Spanish football media, there's actually more emphasis on on tactics than in maybe in the UK than in Premier League? Or is, yeah, that something, think, is that also something that's changing? Yeah,
1: i say so, so. I think it's starting to change in the Premier League a bit more to kind of catch up, I think. Yeah. And again, it kind of goes back to what we mentioned earlier with the Spanish sports newspapers and things because they have so many resources dedicated only to talking about Real Madrid. So if they have 10 journalists covering one game, then one guy can focus on the stats and the yeah, tactical yeah. analysis a lot more. So, I mean, it's interesting because, I mean, watching TV, watching games on TV, I'm sure you've noticed it as well, the commentators in Spanish TV don't go into anywhere near as much detail as in English no. TV but then in the newspapers online and things they do do that so it's kind of a strange mix match of of the two
0: Spanish TV they just spend half their time talking about the the, the programme that's coming on next MasterChef uh, MasterChef almost
1: always MasterChef uh, The Voice yeah or just random things like oh did you see that show that was on last night it's like, <laughs> is this that is that the classic why are we talking about MasterChef again
0: I know. I can't imagine Martin Tyler and uh, Gary Neville talking about uh, talking about that. So it's a bit. it will be interesting to see. <laughs> it's a bit of a it's a bit of a change if you're not used to it. I think. Yeah. Um, how did you How did you get into writing tactics articles? Is that something you kind of taught yourself to do, or is it something that comes naturally to you?
1: Um. Yeah. I guess. I mean, because I did a bit of coaching before. I mean, obviously, when I was younger, I used to ah, play right. all the time, okay. and and I played. For a fairly decent level for a little while when I was at Tottenham for a while in the kind of their academy and, All right, the, okay. and the youth setup, but but then kind of so I had that kind of a bit more knowledge, maybe, and then I went into yeah. coaching with young kids and things, which kind of opened it up a bit more, kinda of doing the coaching courses and things and you're a bit more aware and then when the opportunity came up at tactical Total football analysis. I so it's kind of yeah, well, it's something different. I mean, I'm used to kind of doing things about quotes or opinions of this guy be a good signing or not, and it'll be quite interesting to go into. His, I'm not just saying he's a good signing because I like him. I'm saying he's a good signing because he scored this many goals. He does this. He's, so it's it's interesting. Yeah, it was a nice change. And it was something I wanted to get into and to do a bit more long form writing rather than just the yeah. 300 words. Let's get the clicks. Let's have the clickbait headline and that kind of thing. That. That a lot of websites are after these days.
0: Because um, I always think that like not anybody can write a tactics article. Yeah. I think it's quite a, a specialized skill to do in a, in a way. Because you need to know what to look for. You're maybe not always yeah, looking no, at the I mean, ball. That's
1: the thing. I mean, you see different people when they get involved, especially when some of the new guys come onto the website and things, and they're first getting started, and and you can tell who kind of can watch a game through once and they can pick up four or five things. Yeah. And other guys who watch a game once and be like. Um, uh I don't know. So then it's kind of like teaching how to pick up on those things which sometimes it can be as simple as just looking at the goals and saying, Look at that goal, look at the space that was there. Now rewatch like twenty minutes again and see how many times that space opened up. Yeah. Yeah. Or to look at it differently and see kind of the stats that you can look at as well. Sometimes there'll be games where you think there's not too much that's happened, so let's have a look at the stats. So, all right, Real Madrid made 40% more long passes than they usually do. So let's look at why that was. Go back and watch a bit of the match and, yeah, and kind of yeah. calculate it backwards almost from there.
0: I think that's it because um, I... Nobody will know this because I, I... Before I did the team on tour, I had started up another website called Football Romance uh, that was focused on French, Italian and Spanish football. Um, and I was planning to travel around France and Italy and Spain uh, doing little videos of like matches, but also writing up tactics Articles, yeah. uh, which I must have written maybe five or six. Um, and for me, it was, I think I was quite happy with the result, but the, to get to the result took so much yeah. time
1: that's the thing I mean you write a, say 2,000 word a tactical analysis and it will take 3, 4 times longer than a, yeah. a 2,000 word article or an opinion or whatever so exactly it, it does take longer because you do have to watch the match through start to finish maybe re-watch you it like start to stop and stop it and like pause starting, it and rewind stopping, yeah and then when you're trying to get kind of your images and your videos to show exactly what you're saying and, yeah. and no this isn't quite the moment that I want I want Benzema to be a bit further forward or whatever so you're just looking for exactly that moment to prove it but
0: but it's amazing, as you said. I think it's amazing some of the help that you get out there from, like, uh, from who scored. I think it's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, what was the one that 442 had that I think they've only got the yeah, stats zone? Stats zone and that is only on, a, it's only on iPhone. I mean, all I think, of isn't those it? things
1: yeah. which are available free and that anyone can access. So it's just there's so much that you can use now, and then obviously there's more advanced ones, the Y scouts and and your now which move on. Yeah, have kind of the so much data that. You kind of go in there. And you're like, I'm a bit lost. Where to start? Oh, it just gives you a <laughs> with, headache, doesn't it? When you the get XG, started with the recoveries percentage in which area of the pitch and things like, what does this mean? But yeah, yeah. After I a while you kind of it clicks in your head, you get used to it. And,
0: yeah. yeah. Um, are there are there any other kind of writers that maybe focus on tactics that you kind of look to for a bit of inspiration when you you started? You mentioned obviously Inverting the Pyramid, obviously Jonathan Wilson, yeah. who wrote it. Uh, obviously Michael Cox Michael a lot Cox of does stuff as well.
1: Yeah, I mean. Another one is one of the guys who's involved, Total Football Analysis, Lee Scott, who's who's just released a book on, on Guardiola, Man City, and oh, that's right. And yeah, he's really good, knows everything there is to know, and, and a lot of the other guys at Total Football Analysis as well has got really good level. I mean, there's a few guys over there, Daryl, who I can't even pronounce his surname, Gouillard, and <laughs> okay. and Domogoj as well. So there's a few guys who are, who really know their stuff. Yeah.
0: Would you say that analysing a game in a lot of tactical detail? Does it take away any any of the enjoyment of watching a game?
1: Because I, mean, I, I found, for me, it
0: did a little bit, to be honest. I'm not going to lie. watch
1: a game that I want to watch. You wouldn't I do I will it. usually watch it through first and not even think and about it. Not think it. about it, yeah. So as soon as I start thinking about it, I'm like, "Oh, that was an interesting run from Modric. I'm not going to watch Modric for the next 10 minutes. Yeah, and yeah. I completely lose track of the whole game. And yeah and so now if I'm going to a game to watch it live or something, I try not to think about it too much I might be like, oh, I'm going to make a mental note that that's just happened and look back later to see if that was a tactical pattern or if it's just one thing that I saw at one point and I wasn't paying too much attention so it's, I'd say you can't really watch a game that you want to watch first time round and really analyse it because it takes it away, it's like you're working while while you're watching which is one of the negatives of covering football as a writer and things, but
0: that's because sometimes I don't know about you, but sometimes I get some of my friends, and I'm you know I don't yeah. I do write tactics articles really not anymore. But um, I've had people say to me, oh so why why was in the team I support? Oh so what happened? What was the movements? What was you know what yeah. was going on? Why did they win? Why are they not controlling midfield battle? I'm like, look, this is my team. When I'm yeah, watching my team play... I'm just there playing, saying, go for it, shoot, exactly. shoot, when he's on the halfway no. line. I know it's not the best thing to do. <laughs> yeah. but yeah. There's no way I'm going to tactically analyse my own no. team no, I mean, uh, in the heat of the, the heat of the battle.
1: I've done a few tactical analysis pieces on South End, but... It's hard, isn't it? But I try not to do them for the games, because I just can't... I'm not capable of doing it. I could do it for any other game, but just not Southend. Exactly, And yep. then there's been times where, I think like the last two pieces I've written were the last two times we fired a manager. And it started off as a bit of a rant. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> this is everything that he's done wrong, and then it slowly turned into. Oh wait, but I, I need to add a bit more analysis in here because I've just put the defenses all for the midfields are rubbish, the strikers don't score, sack, sack <laughs> them all. <laughs> so, so, yeah. uh, now I need to go and add in the actual analysis.
0: <laughs> uh, I know that you have written different types of analysis articles. I think you've done some scouting reports, yeah. team analysis, manager analysis, match yeah. analysis. Do you kind of? A p- Approach them all. I guess you approach them all in slightly different ways, or are there certain yeah, things definitely. you would focus on and like
1: a play yeah. analysis? Or say so probably the most simple is a is a match analysis because it's as simple as and obviously you need a bit of context to understand what how all the teams set up, what they yeah. what they've been like in the last few games, that kind of thing. But you can more or less just watch that game and kind of get an understanding. Whereas for a, a player report or scouting mm-hmm. report, that kind of thing, you need to really dig into it and see. I can watch 90 minutes and he can play as an attacking midfielder, but in another 90 minutes he'll play as a holding midfielder. Yeah. So how do you analyse that? I, mean, I did one on Thomas Partey for the, the TFA magazine last month, and and Thomas Vergane, he plays in a really advanced kind of attacking playmaker role, and for he's the, the holding midfielder. So was, how do you combine those two into yeah. one analysis? Into one player, yeah. And then obviously the manager ones can, can vary as well, because one game you can set up very offensively, the next very defensively. So how do you pair all of those different aspects of, of their setup.
0: Just moving on to, to your kind of work in general. Yeah. Uh, what kind of what kind of writing or what kind of work do you do the most? Obviously, we mentioned again at the start yeah. uh, that you started uh, working with Lily a lowdown, uh, doing kind of more kind of audio stuff, yeah. uh, social media stuff as well. I um, do you have a do you have a preference or anything that you like more than anything else? No, I mean, uh, it's a hard one to answer because
1: obviously I've done a lot of the writing and stuff. I've done it for so long, and then I think I got to a point with the the general writing that I was like, I want a bit more, so I started doing the tactical analysis, which, which is really interesting. But then there are times where it's so intense and, and focused that it's like, oh, I, I need a break. I need to not write a match analysis for a few days just to, to disconnect. And then obviously with the League Lowdown, it's been kind of a big change of the podcast, which I've done some for, for Marco before, but, but not too many. And then kind of the videos and things, which it was kind of... Mm really going in the deep end and trying something which I hadn't really done before and, and it was good yeah I mean the things that I hadn't done since I was at work experience in school and, and it's, that good, kind to, of it's good
0: to add some strings your bow, well, isn't it I yeah think, I kind uh, of
1: diversify and mix things up a bit and uh, it's quite interesting to be I mean being out here in Spain to go and talk to all the fans and things and and it's kind of more integrating yourself into that very different fan culture that there is here compared to in the UK uh,
0: well uh, just I'm glad that you mentioned that how would you how would you describe the difference from your time of, you I know, think, obviously I mean, going I to stadiums in Spain example, compared to going I not remember when
1: I first saw it, but the one that best sums it up for me was that in the UK you go to support your team and and to cheer them on and to do that. But in Spain, it's a bit more that you go to be entertained by your team and, and it's a bit more like going to the theatre yeah. in Spain, which to some extent isn't true because you have all the ultras and the fan groups who are crazy like any English football fan you'll find. But there are some teams, some stadiums where it's a bit more like they go Real Madrid fans especially they go to the Bernabeu to be to be entertained. Yeah, I mentioned that in the last and uh, last do, week. Yeah. If you only win 2 0, then oof, I'm not sure if I'm gonna clap you off at the end. So it's it's a strange mix really, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, I think there's definitely there's definitely that difference. I would I would agree with that. Um what would what would you say is a favourite thing that you've worked on? Is there something that really stands out for you as like the something you're especially proud of, a piece of work that you've done?
1: Oof. I say some of the most interesting ones that I've done have kind of been in the, the interviews that I've done. I did some for a few other websites that I used to work for in the past that were kind of you know sitting down and speaking to these players and really yeah. being able to guide it where you want. Because obviously you spend a lot of the time kind of reporting on other quotes, other things that have gone on and reporting on matches which you don't influence. But then you have that interview, you can sit down with a player and you can say, look, what for you is the most important thing or whatever, and... And really get out the content that you want. So that was really interesting. And then Which uh, which players have you interviewed? Oh, a few, the most of them are in the in the UK now, so yeah. I had a few, um Albert Adomar, Aston Villa was one, okay. and then we had a few, um James Norwood who's in hmm. Abe Switch now, that we had a few in the in the football league and kind of writing those up and ah, nice yeah, one. interesting. Okay.
0: Um, I always feel people think being a, a football journalist or a football writer is very glamorous job. You're constantly jet setting all over Europe, going to follow your teams and like fancy we hotels wish, yeah. and stuff. Uh, would you say is it is is it as glamorous as it sounds? No. <laughs> in short, no,
1: no. no. Lots of late nights, lots of weekend working, lots of of going to watch football and I think that's the one thing where now I when I first started working, doing football writing and that kind of thing, it was kind of the right so this is like every time i watch a football match now i'm going to write something about it yeah and kind of lose the enjoyment of watching football it's like but this is work now i'm working that's i don't right. want to watch everton against wigan or whatever so like that's work now and so then kind of building that divide of no that's not work but this is is kind of yeah kind of a point that you have to get to and i think i'm there now so i can divide it but even when you're at games and you've got accreditation and things, it's you're watching, but you're also thinking, I have to write a report about this or I have to do that, I have to put a video together. And and then yeah. you're going down to the to the press conferences and things and, and the first few times it's like, wow, I'm sat in the same room as as this guy. And then after a few, you're like, yeah, but why don't you give me the microphone to ask the question? Yeah. Why has that guy always got the question that goes on for 20 minutes?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think it's something I've really... Noticed this season with the, just with the vlog is obviously I've done a certain number of vlogs, but I've I've been to more games where I've not been vlogging, and I think I feel like I've appreciated it more now.
1: Yeah, you kind of need to get that, that love kind of for just, the game. Man. Exactly, yeah. you kind of
0: relax and you kind of take it in a bit more.
1: And you think I'm just gonna sit here, watch with a beer, and just watch the game and see what happens. And
0: exactly, and then, then I'll have goal. another beer I'll after. Crazy. Yeah. And it's fine. Yeah, uh, and then
1: afterwards I'm not thinking I've got 20 minutes to send my match report off. You think let's have another beer.
0: Exactly. You don't have to think about all the work you've got yeah. to do later on. Yeah. Um, right. Obviously, just to, just to finish. We're in Spain. Is, uh, have you have you adopted a Spanish team? Kind you obviously of got an
1: Atletico season ticket. I have an Atletico so... season ticket. So I guess they're my team. I mean, don't ask the guys at work because <laughs> when I came, I said I was a Barcelona fan. Obviously, my Barcelona is Spanish. Team oh, it's sport, all coming out now. And then living there in Barcelona, it's like right, Barcelona, my team. Uh, logical, yeah. And then I came to Madrid, and I was still like no Barcelona, my team. Like, I'm going to stick with Barcelona. Yeah. But honestly, I mean, I was always a bit of a Barcelona fan, but over the past few years, i become so disillusioned with Barcelona. With I mean obviously i mean i'm sure it's the same for you like following so much of it online and there's so yep. many on twitter and you read things from barcelona fans so to speak and you just think, so much of everything everywhere eh? in common with you saying that even yeah. Rakitic is the worst player ever and wishing death upon him or whatever i'd have Rakitic in any other team in la liga so <laughs> no calm down but then being in madrid as well i think i needed a madrid team to connect to and and then getting a season ticket at Atleti for 300 euros it was the. the it's kind of funny though
0: because I feel like a lot of people who come to Madrid from other places always end up having a bit of a soft thought for Atleti it always seems to work out that way I think you always
1: come thinking right I'm in Madrid like a city with so much football I need to support a big team and then it's Real Madrid I mean nothing against Real Madrid but there's a certain type of person who wants to be a Real Madrid fan and a certain type of person who wants to be an Atletico fan and I mean, I'm saying that as a past Barcelona fan, it's exactly the same as saying you can't be a Real Madrid fan, but I think mean, there's a certain type of person who wants to support the team that wins everything and then other people who like seeing their team suffer. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think I'm definitely part of the latter for, yeah, uh, yeah. for the sure. i we'll right a
1: Southend fan, the lower leagues and things, we like seeing our teams be rubbish. And
0: i say the li- the little victories are the best ones. That's, yeah, that's why it is. We've just appreciated of the, one.
1: The... Team Del Pueblo and everything that Aleti are and kind of building around that image is a lot more. It's a lot more English, I think. A lot more kind of that stereotypical British. We like the underdog kind of, kind of. Yeah, of oh,
0: absolutely, absolutely. I think that really, uh, that really speaks to us one way yeah. or another, doesn't it? Anyway, Sam, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much it's for your me. time, and we need to catch a game with you sometime soon. It's Definitely. been been too long.
1: Yeah, Rio last time wasn't it? Oh, I wasn't it,
0: isn't it? Eh? Big thanks to Sam for sharing his stories about the different aspects of being a football writer and just living in Spain in general. So make sure you follow him at Sam Leverage on Twitter. You can also find his work as we mentioned at Marca in English totalfootballanalysis.com and the legal Loadout, which are all pretty easy to find on Twitter and online in general. Also, please subscribe to the podcast, so we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, amongst others. Leave a review, hopefully a positive one, if your chosen platform allows you to do so, and you'll be hearing from me again next Thursday. Until then.